What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's time for my favorite video of the week where I go over the plays I like the most each week. As always, this video is sponsored by our friends over at Underdog. Their best ball resurrection drafts are now ended, but you can still take all of these lines over there if you want to get some action this weekend. And if you sign up for your first account today, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. That is a free $100 to do however you please. All you got to use is promo code FFA. So we'll go over 10 picks today. There's 10 more picks on the website if you want more of those. And remember, I post those a few days early just in case the lines move. You guys have those in advance. So who do we like this week? We'll start things off with the 21 bet as per usual, where we're going to stack the Cardinals at Seahawks game. Seattle's been playing much better than anyone anticipated this season, which is fantastic news because they have the worst pass defense in the NFL as well. So a lot of teams are able to throw on them, to score a lot of points on them, and that forces their offense to you know play fast, to play aggressive, which they have been good at doing. So compound that with... Um, maybe like a pass lean from both teams this week with both starting running backs injured. We've got, honestly, two running backs for Arizona. We've got James Conner being injured, Daryl Williams being injured. On the Seattle side, we have Penny being injured. So it's relatively unlikely, could still happen, but relatively unlikely that Eno Benjamin and Kenneth Walker are each getting like 25 carries and this is a ground-based attack that wouldn't make like a whole lot of sense just considering again how bad seattle is at defending the pass also a quick side note on there Eno's not gonna be in the 20 to 1 and i kind of just said he's not gonna get 25 carries don't expect that but i think some people maybe heard me say he's a good play in fantasy he is you know benjamin's still great playing fantasy his lines were just too high like you know underdog thought he's also really good playing so i didn't love those also didn't like correlate well with the pick, so he's not in there. But again, if you have him in season-long fantasy, I still think Eno Benjamin is a really good play this week. So who is part of the 21? This week, we're going to do Rondell Moore over 45.5 receiving yards, Marquise Brown over 75.5 receiving yards, Kyler Murray over 289.5 total yards, Geno Smith over 262.5 passing, and then we have the option this one. Either Tyler Lockett over 74.5 receiving yards, or if he doesn't get a full practice in on Friday, DK Metcalf over 71.5 receiving yards. Um, Tyler Lockett injured his hamstring on Thursday. I'm recording this before the practice report's going to come out. We'll see what he does. If he's completely not out there, then absolutely take the Metcalf line. If he's limited, I'd also lean towards Metcalf just because... If he gets a full practice in, we can basically say, okay, like he maybe suffers some small hamstring injury on Thursday, but if he's practicing full on Friday, we can assume the injury is nothing, and I do like the matchup more for him. But if he's limited again, there's at least some concern in my mind that perhaps he's not okay, maybe not like going full decoy, but not going to be 100%, in which case maybe they lean on Metcalf a little bit more. So again, limited, we'll do Metcalf, full practice. We'll do Lockett. And this just works because, like, as I said before, Arizona is more likely to lean pass heavy than usual. And since they're relatively likely to find success through the air, and since we know they lean on these, like, two players mostly, and they're going to play fast, and they're going to be, like, slight favorites, and so you think they're going to be winning the game, that's going to probably force Seattle 
to also air it out. Uh, and especially when, you know, Seattle only has Kenneth Walker, DJ Dallas, like they're unlikely to just overload the rookie and, you know, they're not going to lean on DJ Dallas to go out there and win the game. So they're probably going to lean on the passing attack. And if we look at the four times that Arizona has played Seattle over the last two seasons, Lockett has a stat line of 15 for 203 touchdowns in the first matchup, 9 for 67 and a touchdown, 4 for 115, and then 5 for 98 and two touchdowns. Compare that to Metcalf, who has zero games over 60 receiving yards. So again, the lean is Lockett between the two, but if he's injured, our lean's going to go to Metcalf. The big question is also Byron Murphy. Who's he going to be guarding? He's been a shutdown corner this season. I don't want anyone that he is shadowing. Mike Clay seems to think that Arizona is going to play a lot of zone and that Murphy is not going to follow anyone around the field. Obviously, he could be wrong with that, but we'll see what happens. That's like a good indication that maybe one of them is not going to be shut down. I just bring that up because if, again, we get that news that Lockett is limited by this hamstring injury, we at least know that there's a chance Murphy does not follow Metcalf, in which case Metcalf will still be a really, really good place. So again, depends on the practice reports on Friday. Take Lockett if he's full. Take Metcalf if limited. And I really like the side um, for Arizona on those players because, again, we like Marquise Brown in these matchups because if he hits deep downfield, it's just going to correlate so well, not only with Kyler Murray's totals, but the other side to forcing them to be aggressive. And also, I like this one because it doesn't matter which side pulls away. So in a lot of these, it's like, well, we kind of need this side to get up for this side to do something. And if it's the reverse, we might see like a slower paced game or like a different you know game play out. I don't really care who hits first, whether it's Metcalf or Lockett, whether it is Marquise Brown or Rondell Moore hitting deep. Like, I don't care which one starts things off because the other side is going to do the exact same thing. Lean pass heavy, play fast. So that's 21. What about the one-off plays this week? The first one is a duo of plays from the same game, but I don't think you need to play them together. So sometimes we have like two players, same game. This is actually same side, so you can't just do a two. Um, but I don't think you need to play both of these. So it's Travis Etienne over 63 and a half total yards, rushing plus receiving, and then Christian Kirk over 59 and a half receiving yards. Again, you can play one, you can play the other, you can play both. You don't need to play both though. I like Etienne because James Robinson has been pretty bad recently. He's also in a bad spot. It's like a really good Colts run defense. He's struggled pretty heavily when defenses are able to like gain penetration through the line. And just in general, Robinson has been pretty bad recently. Uh, he's down to 4.1 yards per carry, which isn't terrible, but he's got four carries over 20 yards. And so if you remove those four plays and you only look at the 65 other rush attempts that he has, he's averaging 2.4 yards per carry. And I know people don't love removing the good plays and only looking at the bad, but the point is the vast majority of the time outside of four total plays this season, he has been really, really bad. And I think that's part of the reason why his snap share has dropped in four straight games, why he's averaged nine carries per game of the last two weeks compared to 17 per game of the first three weeks. 
And this week is also tough. Like I kind of said, he's been struggling when defenses are able to gain penetration because he's been really bad when he's contacted early. Well, the Colts do have like a really strong defensive line. And so given that it's just not setting up well for him, it's setting up a little bit more towards the pass as well. It's just not a good spot for Robinson. And so that's why I lean towards Etienne. He's been really, really good in the receiving game. And he's much more explosive of a runner. So even if he does have a lot of carries that, like Robinson, aren't going to gain many yards, he only needs one play to really bust off. And he's more likely to do that, to gain that like 10 or 11 yards on a few plays. But it's the receiving game. He's much better in the receiving game. So he only needs like three or four targets. Can turn that into, you know, 30 receiving yards. And then he can hit that total. It's much more likely that ETN has 30 or 40 receiving yards to really push this total, whereas Robinson's going to need to do that mostly on the ground. And in this matchup, that's a lot more difficult. Like, I don't think ETN's going to have 20 touches, but I only have him projected for 11 carries and four to five targets. But given how efficient of a runner he is, how efficient of a receiver he is, especially, that's enough to gain around like 75 to 80 total yards. And, you know, that's going to hit the over. Then for Kirk, he has the softest matchup in the slot among the wide receivers for the Colts. Marvin Jones is very likely going to see shadow coverage from Stephon Gilmore all game, and he's very unlikely to be successful in that. And then you look at the 53% catch rate for Christian Kirk, that's going to rise. That's way, way, way too low, especially playing on the slot, even that he has a downfield role. like You just know he's going to be more successful on average than that. And also, even considering that, he's hit the over in four out of five weeks this season, including against the Colts earlier this year. I don't know. I just think, like, if he sets up the best, like, unless the Jaguars passing offense does nothing, like, it could happen. It's just, it's unlikely that they just post a zero. That would need to happen. He's going to have around 60, 70 receiving yards. For him to be under that, it'd be a really bad day. For Jacksonville, I think he hits the over. Another line I like is George Pickens, over 49.5 receiving yards. I kind of talked about this on Friday, um, but if you look at the last two weeks, like Pickens is really emerging, not only in the box score for his like you know total stats, but he's got a 21% target share compared to 24% for Deontay Johnson, and he also works deeper downfield, so his targets come with more upside. And then you also look at it this week, Deontay's got a really difficult cornerback matchup, while Pickens as an easy one. So you've got an emerging rookie, a really talented player with a deep downfield role, getting more and more targets each week in a good matchup in a game where, let's be honest, the Bucs are going to be successful. The Bucs are going to score points. They're not a lock to score 30, but they'll probably score into the mid to maybe upper 20s. And so you know Pittsburgh, who you know is not going to find success with Najee Harris on the ground, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Now, not, you know, 52 times like they did last week, but they're going to throw it a lot. And if we have a player getting a huge target share in a better cornerback matchup, who's really talented in the game of the throwing a lot, like it just makes sense that Pickens can hit this over. And also, if you kind of agree with that and you want to correlate it, I do like the over on uh, Kenny Pickett, 225 and a half passing yards. So you could kind of put them together if you know, Pickens happens to hit deep. If they are throwing a lot, you're going to get two things right instead of one. Just know it's on the same side. You'll have to take something else as well. Something you could throw on, though, is Brees Hall. Over 75 and a half total yards. His snap share has risen every week 
since week two. His touch counts since that time have gone from eight to 14 to 19 to 20 last week. And he's hit this over in each of the last three weeks. Now he faces a Packers defense that is pretty clearly a run funnel. You don't really want to air it out against the Packers, but you can run on them. They're 11th in pass defense DVOA, 30th against the run. And we look at, I mean, Brees Hall has been a monster in the receiving game. First in air yard share, first in ADOT, first in yards per route run. Like he has been so good. He's getting targets downfield. Like it only takes one play. Like we saw last week, what was it, like a 70, 75 yard reception? It was something crazy because that's happening. He's not just turning, you know, screen passes into consistent big gains. He's getting looks downfield that comes with so much upside and so much potential that I really think he hit this over. And he's getting more and more work every week because he's really, really good. He's getting a ton of carries, plenty of targets. I think, you know, he's going to have 17 to 18 touches is like a, a good solid floor. You never want to say floor because like weird things could happen. He can have 10 touches, but like most of the time, 17 or 18 is what we're looking at here. And it doesn't need to be overly efficient to hit the over with that projection. The final pick today is honestly purely a pick for talent, not for like the offense, not for the matchup. It's just Christian McCaffrey is a really good player and his line of 98 and a half total yards is too low. I haven't projected for 114 last few weeks. He's been at 128, 115, 108, 104. Like he's good. He's probably going to go over hundred total yards. So under, you know, 99, I guess, 98 and a half is a good pick. Um, and also, he hasn't been playing like the Lions every week, right? He's faced the Saints. He's faced the 49ers. Two very strong defenses, especially with their defensive line. Good, really good fronts. Like, you know, it's difficult for running backs to be productive against those teams. He still hit the over against those teams. The one concern here is, well, they are massive road underdogs with their fourth string quarterback. So I get it if you don't want to be on this one. But, you know, there there's a reason the coach was fired. Uh, and I don't think... Anyone in the world thinks that Baker was playing like overly well. So maybe we get a small downgrade this week. But like in general, we should pretty much expect what we've been seeing from this offense. It's not like PJ Walker is a god or anything, but you know, Baker Mayfield kind of stunk. So he can't be that much worse. And it's not like the play calling could have gotten any worse. And then if we look at last season, uh, in PJ Walker's one start, McCaffrey was actually healthy in that game. He had 95 rushing yards plus 10 receptions for another 66 receiving yards. So we do know at least that P.J. Walker is fine throwing him the football. We know some quarterbacks just like don't dump it off. He had 10 receptions. Like he is still fine throwing to McCaffrey. So obviously a bad spot. But it's Christian McCaffrey. He's playing well. He's the centerpiece of the offense and having hit this total, having hit this over in each of the last four weeks, I think he's got a good chance of doing so this week. So that's like 10 or 11 picks that I like this week. I have even more on the website. I'll keep adding more as I see them. So check that out if you've not done so already. And if you haven't signed up for an underdog account yet today, I don't know what you're doing. We're crushing these picks so far. We've already hit on two 20 to ones, a 10 to one. Combine that with a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 if you use promo code FFA and you've got a fantastic chance of being profitable this season. 
Also make sure that you're looking at these picks on the website earlier in the week. I posted these ones on Tuesday. The lines are going to adjust after this video. And so if you can grab them like, you know, four days earlier, why would you not do so? So good luck to everyone this weekend. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.